0: Today's scripture is taken from Mark chapter 4 verses 1 through 9. Again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. So, they, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear.
1: Well, we're continuing, continuing our uh, study, obviously, in Mark chapter 4. And uh, now we're going to be taking a little time off summer and then we'll be coming back uh, in August and reclaiming Mark. So I'm going to give you a little Mark break. All right. And as a matter of fact, the truth of it is I'm going to be taking a sabbatical. This is my 10 year sabbatical. I know that's kind of amazing to, to think, uh, especially when you all think I'm 25 or 26 years old. But um, I'm excited about that and uh, you'll be excited about it, too. And so that will be starting in in June and, uh, matter of fact, we're gonna do a mission trip early June, and then we'll be taking a few weeks off. I'm gonna go take a preaching class. I wanna know if you can tell the difference when I get back. Uh, so, no rude comments, please. But nevertheless, you know, this is one of my favorite parables. A matter of fact, if you were to look at the parables, of Jesus. This is kind of like the 101 parable because uh, I don't know that we'll have time to get to it, uh, but Jesus actually interprets this parable for you. Okay. So we're going to give you the parable and then I really want to encourage you to read it. Most of you or many of you have already committed to read Mark and you're very aware of this passage from Mark chapter four, verse one through 20. And it's one of the few parables that Jesus interprets. And it is pretty, again, it's pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory, but I think it's very rich. And, of course, when you do a parable, you don't do a lot of word, didactic word studies on parable, because they're illustrations that Jesus is given. So uh, it's a, the important thing here is that Jesus wants us to understand the full implications. And particularly in this time, in this day and age, when it was written, it was in an Agarian society. Uh, pretty much everybody had to raise or grow something. OK, that was the, that was the common place. Even if you weren't specifically a farmer, you had usually had some type of plants uh, that produced some type of food uh, just so that you could be sustained throughout life. OK, so uh, it was a very common. Everybody was very aware of seeds. OK, seeds for the journey. That's the title of the sermon this morning. Seeds for the journey. You know, it's amazing to me that if you take a little seed like this, this is this is wheat. Now, you can't even see it. It's so small. Matter of fact, it's so small, I'm going to show you a corn kernel. Uh And you can't see that either unless you've got really good eyes. But it's amazing to me that you can take a couple of these and that you can plant them and that it can produce literally thousands and thousands of grains of corn, of kernels of corn, or wheat. It, it's amazing when you stop and think about it. And Jesus is giving this picture, and I think it's good for us to have a little bit of background understanding when Jesus talks about the seed itself, he's talking about the word of the gospel, the gospel word. That's what he's talking about. He's using a word picture, an illustration, just as we do today. So he's talking about the word of the gospel, the power of the gospel, the literal word. And so Jesus gives this illustration and uh, he shares this illustration and it goes something like this. He says, look. Um there are sometimes in life uh when people will hear the gospel word, whether they are believers or even unbelievers, particularly if they're unbelievers, but even believers, sometimes they will hear the word of God, they will experience the revelation of God, and it's like throwing it on hard ground. It's like throwing it on rock. Now, uh I'm not a real farmer by any means, but my dad was. And I grew up on a little farm, and we raised uh, corn and watermelons, peaches, and some other things, peas. That was a big one. We raised a lot of corn, actually. I say a lot. For us, it was a lot. We would raise five, six, seven acres of corn. And what was always amazing to me, we we would have kind of, you know, planting day, and my dad would take seed, and he would drop them in the ground. He would have it tilled up. He would drop them in the ground. And then my big responsibility was to come through my foot and cover them up. And I remember going, Dad, why do I have to do this? Why can't we just throw the seed? Let's just throw it all out. And he said, well, because a couple of reasons. One, birds will come and eat it. Uh, Deer will come and get it. And it needs to be covered. It needs to be protected from the sun. And it needs to be able to, to go down deep enough and to have enough soil where it can grow. And so that was my job. And often my dad would have to come back. He'd look back and he'd see corn or peas or whatever we had. And he'd come back he goes, son, there's not enough dirt over this. And he would cover it with dirt. Well, a lot of times when people hear the gospel, when people hear the word of God, they basically do like this gentleman right here and they cover their ears. They're hard ground. I don't want to hear it. Matter of fact, that's who Jesus is talking to, as he's talking to many of the religious leaders. There are some, he says, that they're disciples, and others who are open, but there are many there that just aren't open. Just don't want to hear it, and they're listening like this. Maybe some of you today, when Scripture's read, it's not comfortable. You put your hands over yours. Your heart is hardened, and when the seed falls, it's just like throwing it on stone. It's just like throwing it on a path. And it doesn't take much for the bird of life, for the spirit of Satan to come and say, that's not true. Don't even worry about it. Just blow it off. Still very relevant for today. For others, maybe we hear the word and we get excited about it. and It's thrown on the soil, but it's shallow. It's kind of like I shared earlier. You know, sometimes I would just throw it, and I just threw a little dirt, and maybe a little bit and get on there, and some of it wouldn't, and it was shallow. And the problem with that is it'll spring up pretty quick, but then the sun'll kill it, kill it, or it doesn't. It's not deep enough; it hasn't really taken root. Sometimes people hear the word of Christ, whether they're believers hearing it, unbelievers hearing it for the first time, or maybe people say, "You know what? I'm ready to go with Christ." That that's a, that was a good sermon, preacher. I'm ready to go, and they walk out the door and. Oh man, what? where are we going to go eat today? What time is it? Oh, is the football game on? And we just completely forget about it. We start running with life and we go on to the next thing. And it's because we've not allowed the Word to be cultivated in our heart. We've not allowed it to go deep and say, you know what, here's a decision I'm going to make. Here's some changes I'm going to make. It's not going to be just Jesus added on to my big schedule or my purposes in life. And Jesus said, that's the way many people are. They hear the word, they hear the term, they go, oh yeah, that sounds good, or that's probably right. And then they just move on. It's shallow soil. Others, they hear the word, but there's so many things in their life. I got so much stuff going on. I got some problems. I got You know, things at work and boy, I'm, I'm really having to work hard now. I'm, I'm working all the time around the clock and you know, I, I got kids in ball games and I'm in this activity in this club and in this sport and I'm trying to get a few rounds of golf in every week. I got a lot of stuff, man, but as soon as I get older and I get all this stuff taken care of, as soon as I make enough money, as soon as I get to where I want to be, then I'm going to check back in with you, Lord. I'll be checking in with you later. And we let the thorns of life just kind of choke us out. See, the problem with that seed is it would never be able to get any sunlight. It would never be able to get enough moisture and it's choked out because there's so much stuff. But then there's the good soil that's prepared, that's open. It's been made ready and it can go deep. You, you notice that part of the problem we're talking about is a depth problem. This is all external. Maybe this person says, right, "I'm going to try to do some good things. I'll, I'll try to add one more thing. I'll try to add one more good deed or one more good service." But then there's the shallow, or excuse me, there's the dirt that's been plowed that the seed can go deep. It can be planted. It can be watered. It's open. Here's the picture. It's open. God, I'm open. Use me. Grow me. Lord, I want to commit to some things. I want to commit to the spiritual disciplines of the faith. I want to commit to, to learn Your Word. I want to commit to spend time with You in prayer. I want to commit to worship. God, I want to open myself up. Lord, I, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to give. I'm willing to share. God, lead me. And I commit to take those steps. That's the soil, the ground. In which Jesus says, I'll take that ground and I'll produce 30, 60, 100 fold. What an impact. It's amazing when you stop and think about it. So let's just talk about those four things real briefly. Four things I can do to kind of till the soil of my heart. To kind of prepare for the seed that God is allowing to come into my life. Number one, the spiritual disciplines, as I just mentioned. Are you participating? Are you practicing spiritual discipline? Is there a time that you're stopping to be still and know that He is God each day? To listen to Him? To let His Word speak to you? That's one of the reasons we offer devotionals and other materials. So, one of the reasons we offer Bible studies to help you learn how to do that. Are you studying? Are you being equipped? Are you in a small group where you have some accountability to open up the soil of your life, the ground of your life and prepare it for seed? Are you serving? One of the ways that we prepare our hearts is we serve, as we help, but it's not the only way. And are you sharing? Sharing of what God has given you. Sharing of your resources, of your money and of your talents. Or are you going... Not right now. I'm too busy. I'll get to it later. It's what Jesus is saying then. It was very applicable and still applicable to us today. I want to just deal with one little difficult passage here because I know a lot of questions come up about this. After Jesus, after what Don read earlier, uh, in verse, uh, right here in verse uh, 10, or 11, excuse me. He told them, The secret of the kingdom has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so they may be ever seeing but not perceiving, ever hearing but not understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Now, that's that one of those difficult passages, and you look at Scripture and go, now, what does that mean? Why would Jesus not want some people to hear? He's actually quoting the prophet Isaiah here. Why would Jesus not want some people to turn? Well, actually, remember, this is written uh, in a different little genre. He's quoting a really poetic language here. And he's talking about a group of people who have been given the truth. Jesus has revealed himself already. He's already come out and clearly said, uh, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I have the power to forgive sins. He's already come out and made his claim uh, to be the Messiah and to be the one who can forgive sins. It's already been given. And all they're doing is chafing and looking for another opportunity to attack. For another opportunity to discredit. And here's what it means, I believe. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to force those who've already heard the gospel, who've already determined they're going to close their ears and not listen. I'm not going to force them. I'm not going to overtly just come over and say, you must believe this. You don't have any choice. It's like C.S. Lewis. Remember his stories of the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, the Chronicles of Narnia? And you've got Aslam, who is regarded as a Christ figure. Many people will read that and go, that's a great story. I remember talking to guys. I said, it's got a lot of rich meaning about Christ. I don't see any of that. What do you mean they don't see it? The author said that that's what he was doing. I don't know about all that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to hear that. Well, it, it, the author's already said, it. I don't care. It's not what I want to know. It's not what I want to hear. And I guess C.S. Lewis could come and say, look buddy, that's what it's about. And you don't have any choice. But C.S. Lewis probably wouldn't do that. First of all, he's dead. But secondly, he wouldn't have done it anyway. And Jesus is going, look, I am not going to force anyone to receive the gospel. They're not going, I'm not going to force anyone to receive the ground. And if it's your choice, if you determine I will not receive, I don't want to hear it. My mind is made up then you're going to hear parables. You're going to hear word stories and you're going to hear them and you can just cast them off. And you can just cover your ears. But it doesn't change the fact that it's true. And you've been given the revelation. You've been given the prophets. You've been given the prophecies. It's all been given to you. Now it's up to you. I will not force you to follow me. And then, of course, Jesus goes on and he explains the parables and Explains much like we just visited and just talked about here. And we talked about how we can prepare our hearts and prepare our souls. In that last point we talked about sharing. Sharing of our time and of our talent and of our resources. It's interesting. Uh, sometimes people ask, Why why should I give through the church? Why should I be a part of it? We're in something called the journey right now. Uh and the journey you see the signs, and matter of fact, there's one in your bulletin. And uh, some of you have committed, and that's great. And some of you, maybe you're considering, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider, be a part of the journey. And it's going to help us accomplish our mission. Is whatever, What is our vision? Our vision is this. We want to receive people. We want to equip people. We want to impact them. And we want to send people out into the community and into the world. It's what we're about And God has thrown that seed upon us. He's thrown that vision to us. And we have to determine, what are we going to do with the seed that He's given us? Is it just going to bounce off of us? Or are we just going to say, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. I'll get back to you later. Or I'm too busy. Or are we going to let it take root in our lives and in our church? Let me tell you scripturally why we should participate because it helps strengthen our trust in God and develop our spiritual growth. 2 Corinthians 8, 4, and 5, as Paul is speaking here, he said that they pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And then they, they did more than we expected. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Also, it helps the church to serve you and it helps, the, helps us to serve the community in the world. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 through 11. Yes, this was written for us because when the plowman plows and the thresher threshes, they ought to do so in hearts of hopes of sharing the harvest. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much that we reap material harvest from you? It also allows us to invest in eternity. 1 Timothy six eighteen through 19. Command them to do good to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what life is truly about, what real life is. So here's a good question. How is our church scattering the seed? How are we sowing seed today? What impact are we making? How are we receiving? Let's start right there. How are we receiving people today? And one of the reasons that we're going to be building one more time is because we want to receive more people. You can say, oh, we're just right here. Do you think that God intended us to just be just right? We're just, oh, we got just enough seats for me. There's the shallow soil mentality right there. It's about me. You know, I think I'm okay. If this person would just scoot over and this person wouldn't sit on my left, I think I'd be fine. Not to mention, if you go back into our children's area, that's full. If you go back into our youth area, that's full. We want to continue to receive people. We want to continue to receive people regardless of their background, their spiritual condition, so they might know the goodness of the Lord, that they might know the seed, the word of the gospel. We want to continue to equip people, and we do that through crown ministries and through financial peace and through Bible studies and through small groups. We've got over 500 children and youth today that will learn the word of God in the back for zero through 18 year olds. Uh, As a matter of fact, during our Bible studies and our small groups on on a weekly basis, if you count our small groups, there's over 500 adults that are participating, that are getting equipped in the truth of God's Word and how to live out the Christian faith and how to do that together as a community. So we want to continue to go through that process of equipping uh, through Bible studies and through small groups. And then we also want to make impact. We want to impact and we want to send people out. Now, how are we doing on that? Now, I know some of you are aware, but many of you might not be aware of the seeds that are being scattered right now, of the way that seeds are being thrown and, and grown and produced at this point, and I just want to share a few of those with you right now. First of all, um, I want to just walk through. Matter of fact, Ken, if you would put the list, there are eight church planters that have been sent out from our church. Now, let me stop right there. And matter of fact, there are four more that we have supported who've come through our church. There's a total of twelve. Uh, and people will say, "What's the big deal about church planting? Why do you got to plant? Aren't there enough churches out there?" Well, first of all, eighty nine percent of churches are not growing. You got 11% of churches in America. In America. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about even in this, but that they're actually growing. In other words, they're not just in maintenance mode. But we're still having babies. People are still, still don't know Christ. God is literally bringing other nations to us. And are we going to decide that that's it? So that, start right there, uh, that only 11% of churches are showing any growth. Matter of fact, uh, 89% of churches are in decline. That's what the real statistic is. So there's a need Uh, to grow and to, to start churches. Secondly, just as important, if not even more so, we're talking about a seed of rock point that started in a living room. There were about eight or nine of us. And God has watered and grown. And this is just one of the services this morning. And a lot of people aren't out, are out today. God has produced 30, 60, fold That's the reality. Now, I want you to think about this. As we start churches that have the same vision, I talked to one of our church planners yesterday. You know what they're doing? They've got the same vision. And you multiply that times 10. And then as they have the same vision to start churches, here, nationally, and internationally, then you start talking about hundreds and thousands. It's the power of the seed. It's what Jesus was talking about when He said 30, 60, 100 fold. I don't know about you, but God has impassioned me that I want to be on that 100 fold list, okay? Not me, but our church. That we're making an impact. Not just saying, oh yeah, this worked real well for us. We planted a little seed and it came up. and This was real comfortable. I want us to be putting it in good soil. That it might produce 30, 60, 100 fold. Not just here but all over the world. That's why we are supporting two full-time missionaries, one in Rwanda and another in Tanzania. We've got two other families that are doing family missions that are doing missions as well, Doc Henry in China and then uh the Sphinx who are in Romania. And we want to see at least uh, four or five more out of our congregation say, God has called me to go to a country that is poor. That needs help, that needs assistance, that needs impact of the gospel. Matter of fact, three of the five countries we're supporting are considered three of the poorest nations in the world today. Um, Haiti, Tanzania, and Rwanda. Uh, it says two orphanages. We actually have three orphanages that we're supporting in Haiti. And as many of you know, we had, um, we've had, I talked to Tamir, uh, who's ran our Feed the Hunger. We've had almost 1400 people if you count them all together over the last uh two times that we've done Feed the Hunger in November and March. Over 1400 people helped pack meals. Over a quarter million meals were sent out to Haiti, making an impact that opens a door for those children to be fed. Kurt, many other folks have have gone and as they get to as we get to work with some of the pastors over there that are making an impact in a place where they have the basic necessities are going unmet, God is asking us to plant seed, and we 're doing that. Are you a part of that that 's a good question. Uh, many of us are going to Belize the first week of June on a family mission trip there 's a school there that we 've adopted with four hundred children supplying the food for them, and their school supplies uh, there 's a, vi- a village area or a, i guess a better better way to put it would be a county area and uh, the Dominican Republic through World Vision, uh, we've got about 250 people that are being sponsored through World Vision there. Uh, continuing, uh, one of the countries uh, are the Zoramo people in Tanzania. Uh, that's an unreached people group. Now, I wish you could all go over there. There's been a couple of you have gone. I wish you could all go over there because it just changed your whole perspective in life. There, the people live without electricity, without running water, without sewage. And and for a long time without clean water. Now, fortunately, through us and through some others, we've dug wells there, and now they have the water filtration systems, if they go and get them, that they can have clean water for that village. As a matter of fact, Monica said, you know what? We've got the clean water part taken care of. Everybody that's going to use it, that wants to use it, it is now available to them. Not only that, it's a language that is not in writing. The Zoramo, uh, Kizamo, it's, it's a language that's not in writing so not only are there no Bibles, there aren't any books written in this language. And so we've got one of our folks has gone over and said, I'm going to live. She's a nurse. I'm going to live amongst these people, uh, along with a couple other folks. So they've started a church. It's all Muslim or, or, or basically animism. And they've started sharing the gospel. And what they do, the way that they teach the Bible is they've learned it in 13 stories and they transmit it orally, which, by the way, up till about three hundred years ago, which was the primary way that it was done because most people didn 't own a Bible because we didn't have a printing press okay but that 's what that 's what they 're doing, and they started a church and they 've seen people come to Christ in this unreached, extremely primitive place where they didn 't have enough water, much less clean water. God has allowed us to cast seed to make an impact there uh Rwanda the finleys uh, remarkable job that they 're working with. Pastors all over the land. Greg is training and teaching uh, there in Rwanda right now, teaching pastors, working with pastors who have nothing, who have no education, who have no way to learn Scripture. And uh, their their family has gone over there, and they're making an impact there. Family Legacy, many of you participated in that camp over in Zambia, and some are sponsoring children over there, uh, Parecto Abrigo. Uh it's a place where we build homes in Mexico. We've actually they've told us you can't come right now because of the safety factor, uh but we still send money and we're still sponsoring children there. Cooperative program, some of you might not be familiar with that. Uh that is actually a Baptist organization in which uh they spread out the money and it goes to uh every missionary owned village. It's, it's divided up. And so we participate in that uh as well as church planting. Continue. Uh the next slide. Uh Monica of course with AIM uh, Belize, we talked about that. Uh, the Sphinx, uh, um, AIDS Home, the Clean Water, the Cooperative Program. Next slide. Uh, Doc Henry, Feed the Hunger with New Directions. Uh, we're going to continue to do that. Uh, my, my goal is hopefully in the next three to four years as we invite other churches to participate, uh, we will be uh, providing a, a half a million meals uh, per year just out of our church as we partner with others. Which, by the way, you know how much money we've given to missions and needs and benevolence over the last 18 months? Somebody want to just throw out a figure? Over half a million dollars. Over half a million dollars over the last 18 months. I, I want you to know that we're taking seed and we're spending it and we're spreading it. Um, help. There's also a mission in Nepal uh, that works It's an orphanage there that we support as well. Um And Voice of the Christian Martyr, that is an organization for Christians who are being persecuted. Uh, We talked about this before. More Christians are being persecuted today than in any other time uh, in history right now. World Ventures, where the Finley's are, and then the World Vision and the World Hunger. We also, that's another place we support World Hunger. Then locally, people say, what are you doing locally? These are some of the organizations that we work with, Avalon, uh, Alzheimer's Care Center, CCA, which is, uh, the local benevolence program that we work hand-in-hand with, as well as our own benevolence program that we work with people here individually. And then CCA's uh, Kids Eat Free, we will provide lunch one day a week during the summer when kids are not in school. And uh, that's something I would invite you to come participate in, particularly if you have children. Christ Havens, Havens Orphanage, Cornerstone uh, it's a Church in South Dallas. That we're working with. Many of your children went down there on Hands Cross Community. Many of our youth went down there and, and taught and it's in uh, inner city Dallas. Vickery Elementary is a school that we've adopted that needed some help and so we're helping the students and teachers there and uh, many of you serve there at Hands Cross Community. I think we have one last slide or is that the last slide? That's probably enough. Okay. Oh, we got one more. Here we go. Some of the church, these are people that we're currently supporting right now and again, there are others that we're no longer supporting that are sustaining or they have merged with another church. Uh, what's exciting is, uh, you slipped down here to City Church, Ray Harmon. Um, great guy. Dear friend, dear brother. Uh, and we meet, I meet with a group of planners every other week. There's about six. Todd and Ray are a couple of those guys. Uh, Ray's church has had a phenomenal. They've moved to Sunday morning in the last couple of weeks. They're running two and three hundred people, uh, now. And they're another church that's going to be able to continue this vision of seeing this seed spread. We're excited about what's going on in each of those churches and how God is blessing and how He's moving. Uh, and I'm excited about the people in our congregation who are going to continue to be called. Called to go out and make an impact. Called to go overseas. Called to start another church. You know, we're going to start... Uh, a Saturday night, from the results we got back from you guys, we're going to be starting a Saturday night, at the end of uh, September. That may be a place that you need to start praying about so that we can make an impact uh, to another group, to another crowd who can't come on Sunday mornings. Uh, we're going to be doing some other things in the future. We're going to continue on the path that we're on. The question is, are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to participate? We allow God to make you and create you. And to make you that fertile ground. So here's the real truth of it. Get my little bag out here. This is not the kind of bag they had back then. They used to have a bag and they'd take the seed and they'd throw it out. And this is what Jesus said. He said, you know what? Some seed is going to be thrown out. And it's going to hit on hard ground. It's just going to bounce off. think say, Really not interested. Some seed is going to go... In the shallow ground. You're going to go, oh, that sounds good. And you're just going to forget about it. It's going to be the end of it. Some seed is going to hit. Ground is rocky. It has weeds. It's choked out. It's just got too much. I just can't do it right now. Don't have time. And some seed is going to hit fertile ground. Ground is people who say, I'm open, I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to make an impact, I want to make a difference. I want to give, I want to serve, I want to do life in the context of the community of believers. I want to make a difference. So what ground are you? It's not a matter if the gospel word has been sown, if it's being thrown out, if it's being proclaimed, if it's being shared. It's a matter of what kind of soil it's hitting. What will you be? Maybe you're here today and you go, I've never even trusted Christ and none of this even makes sense to me. I want to ask you to take that first step to say, God, I want to follow you. I believe that Christ died and I want to ask him to come in and forgive me. I I, I want to open up the ground of my heart to receive you. I want to invite you to do that. Maybe you're a believer and it's time for you to take that step. Maybe you've closed your ears. Maybe your heart's been shallow. Maybe your heart's choked right now and you're saying, I'm ready to be open. Would you take that step? Let's pray. Father in Heaven, thank You for this time. Thank You for the opportunity, God, that You have given us to make impact locally, in our community, and in our world. God, I thank You for the opportunity You've given us to give toward missions, and toward needs. And Lord, you said, to whom much is given, much is required. You've given us much. And God, we want to give so much more. And Lord, we want to ask that you take the investment of our time and our talents and our money and that you multiply it so that your kingdom is glorified, so that others have hunger released from them, Father, physically and spiritually. They can receive your word. God, we don't want to just be a religion that sings about what should happen. But God, we want to be about doing it. We want to be about spreading the seed of Your Word into the lives of those who need hope, into the darkness, into the dry and barren land, so that Your name might be praised and others might be drawn to You and experience the grace and the mercy of the living God. Lord, we thank You for this time Move in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.